Well, happy Father's Day uh, for those that are fathers. And uh, my daughter was so excited. She actually got my card for me about a, about a year ago, almost, right after Father's Day. And she was so excited to give me my Father's Day gift. And what was funny about it is she uh, had all kinds of things on the outside of it uh, written down. But then I opened the card, and I'm thinking, oh, it's going to say a number one dad. But you know what? The, this badge was in the card. It says number one daughter. <laughs> so she, it said I had to wear it all day. So I'm, I'm not going to wear it right now, but I'll have it here with me today. But um, it is great to be a father. It's great to have that relationship. And, and I also think that if you've never been a father, it doesn't mean that you haven't been father-like to somebody. I'm sure there's a lot of people uh, that have had the chance to coach, to teach, what a joy it is to raise young people up in the Lord, too, to make a difference in someone's life. And today, instead of just talking about dads, I want to talk about the right kind of man, like man that we kind of want to be as men. And I, I don't want to just leave out the ladies, because I think a lot of these principles um, can be applied to all of us. But I really want to focus on the story of Ruth, which is a great, wonderful, amazing story in the Bible. And uh, we won't be able to break all of it down today. But instead of looking at Ruth, which we should look at Ruth, but I want to look at Boaz. Because I think Boaz in the story is, is just admirable or somebody that is somebody we should look at and think about how, do we, how can I be like that? How can I be a man of that kind of caliber. And sometimes being a, a man, we, we, we think it's got to be macho or we've got to have this uh, you know, kind of craziness to us uh, that we go and do crazy things sometimes and our, maybe our wives or our kids talk about those memories of us doing these crazy things that we do sometimes or not listening or you know, we're so focused on other things. Uh, but a man... Really, to me, as we look at Boaz's story, we see a man of great caliber. And I want us to really think about how can I aspire to be more like that. As we read the first scripture today, uh, it's in Ruth chapter 2, verse 1. And again, we, we know the story of Ruth. If you don't know the story of Ruth, what an amazing story of Ruth, who was a Moabite. Uh, she married uh, the son of uh, Naomi, and unfortunately, Naomi had a real tragedy happen in her life where she lost her husband, Imelech, and she lost her two sons. And so Ruth lost her husband as well, and so now these two are widows, and Ruth clung to Naomi, saying, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to be with you through this, even though Naomi wanted her to go back to be with her her homeland, her, her people. So Ruth refused and said, your God is going to be my God. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to be with you for the rest of my time, for the rest of my life. And so the story goes that Ruth is looking for something to provide for Naomi and herself. And so this is where we see in chapter 2, we see this story unfold. As we look at Boaz, though, we see that this, this is not just an average guy. This is not somebody that... Uh, we should take lightly. In Ruth chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Imelech, whose name was Boaz. 
So in this verse right here, do we start the story out in chapter two, that we see that uh, Boaz was a man of good standing. He was a man that uh, had a reputation. A lot of times in the Bible, that meant valor, that meant courage, that meant that you were having success in business. Maybe he was, I'm sure he was making good business decisions, taking care of his properties, all the things he had. People knew him and people respected him. People saw him as somebody you could go to in a time of need. This was kind of the character of Boaz. And so as I think about this, I think about the word uh, honorable. Honorable is something we uh, sometimes take lightly. And it reminds me of a story that I read recently that talks about a stream. And there was this caretaker that took care of the stream in Austria. And so there was a mountain top, if you can imagine, like the Alps. And then there was a stream that went down to this village. And this man would take care, this older man would take care of the stream. So he would make sure that the leaves, that the sticks, everything was cleared at the top of the stream. And as the water would flow, it'd be beautiful, it'd be clear. People in the village and people would come to the village to enjoy a picnic by the stream and be able to see this wonderful spring develop and just the beauty of it and enjoyed it. Well, many years later, the town's leaders, uh, the village leaders decided, hey, why are we paying this guy to take care of this uh, spring? What, why are we sending him and paying him money? It doesn't seem like, does anybody really see him and see what he does? And they all said no. So they all decided, we're gonna stop paying him. We don't need him anymore. So they stopped paying him and not too long after that, the stream or the spring starts ruining. It starts getting dirty. It starts getting stuff in it. It starts getting gross. It's not beautiful like it once was. And they realized later on when the picnickers and the tourists stopped coming, the value of having this person take care of their spring. Well, the analogy in this story is, or the, the purpose of me sharing that story is, to be an honorable person, we need to take time to do the little things. See, it's the little things that make us an honorable person. It's the little things that we do on a consistent basis for a period of time that people see the beauty of who we are in Christ, how we are a follower of God, like in Boaz's case that he was just a good man. It wasn't a reputation that could happen overnight. It is something he developed over time to be a good person and good standing in his community, that he'd be looked at as somebody that was honorable. And so I wanna challenge all of us, are we doing the little things in our life to make sure that we are, are honorable to God and honorable to other people, that people look at us as somebody that has integrity, somebody that is doing the right things, someone that is in good standing, as it says here in this verse. So before even Ruth, Ruth comes on the scene, I want us to understand, and sometimes we can get the idea, oh, Boaz just liked Ruth. He just kind of had a crush on her, and he liked her from the very beginning, and that's why he was nice to her. I really don't believe that. I believe that Boaz was just a, a good guy an honorable person, somebody that was well-respected. And again, I wanna stress this point, is that if we're gonna be honorable people or honorable men, it's gonna be us taking care of the little things that no one else sees sometimes. Nobody's gonna see all the effort you sometimes put in to be a good person. 
And it's doing those little things that make your stream or your spring clear, that people take notice. And like, wow, that, that, is, that is just an amazing person right there. That person is somebody in good standing. That person has courage. That person is not afraid to do the right thing in this situation. And that is something that we build over time as men. And it is something we need all should take pride in, in the fact that we want to represent Christ well. We want to represent God well with our lives. So the next thing I want to share is watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along. Sorry, this is in verse 9 of chapter 2. So watch the field. So this is Boaz speaking to Ruth. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you, and whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. So what we see here in this next verse, in verse 9, and other places too that I can point out, but I want to kind of narrow this to, for us to get a good picture of this, is that we see in Boaz that he is a protector, and I think about that, I think about this also in line with Jesus because I, I see a little glimpse of Jesus in Boaz. And I think Ruth, the, the story of Ruth as a whole really speaks to what's going to happen in the future. The other thing about this is interesting is that this is at the same time period of Judges. So the book of Judges and the book of Ruth are in the same time period. So you have the book of Judges where there's judges that are good sometimes, but there's a lot of bad, there's a lot of mixed up culture where they're trying to you know, serve God in some places and yet they're serving other gods. They're doing all kinds of different things. They're not really being faithful to God in any sort of way consistently. It's almost like 20 years they get away from God or 40 years they go away from God. A judge comes, does some things, but they can't be consistent as a nation. And it sums it up by saying everyone did, every, did what was right in their own eyes. So we see here that, that Boaz saying, hey, I've told the men not to touch you, not to lay a hand on you. And I want, to, I want you to be taken care of. Now think about Naomi's situation and think about Ruth. Ruth, who is going out and she's gleaning from the field. She's taking things from the, the fields that are left over. See, in, in Leviticus, we see that, that they were not supposed to take everything. So if I owned a field like Boaz, I'm not just supposed to go back a second time and look at what I missed. It was the, it was the right thing to do, and this again goes to back to Boaz being the right kind of guy because he wouldn't go back and send his workers back through and say, okay, what did we miss? What do we, what do we miss from the field? Go back out and get it and clean it out. See, God wanted everybody to leave what was left and not clean everything to take everything because he knew that widows and people that were poor and destitute didn't have much. It would give them an opportunity to go behind them and glean from the field for them to have something when they had nothing. So Ruth is going out there and she's cleaning, gleaning what was left, what was taken after the first group comes in and starts taking the, the produce of what was given to them in the harvest, and they're harvesting that. And so it's just a really neat story that, that Boaz notices her and sees her working. And it's not because, I mean, it sounds like to me in the story that Ruth is attractive, but I don't think that's the reason why he first really liked her. 
I think it's because he heard about her faithfulness and saw her work ethic in this situation. It was like, wow, this, this is a woman who has value, who has honor and is willing to do hard work. And she would glean from morning till night, as we'll see, but she really was working hard. But here, Boaz is a protector. And let me talk about this for us to take from and think about us as dads or us as just men in general. We need to be protectors. Also, as I mentioned, I think about this with Jesus and his disciples, that Jesus prayed and said, I protected my disciples. And he talks about a prayer of protection in the Gospel of John. When he's praying at the Garden of Gethsemane, he's praying for his disciples to say, God, protect them. That we as men should be a protector. We should be looking out for the interest of somebody else and watching over the affairs of other people. It's not about us. And the danger of being a man is sometimes we get in the sense that we just want to do things for us. And I'm just being honest with you. That's what I deal with sometimes too, is that I need to be more aware of how to protect my family, those around me, those that I try to lead, discipleship, all those things I try to do for the Lord. Well, in Ruth chapter two, verse 11 and 12, it says this. It says, Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and your mother, your homeland, and came to live with the people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you've done. May you richly be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wing you have come to take refuge in. And so as we look at that one, it, it's an awareness, an awareness. I think about this sometimes because when I, sometimes as a guy, we can get so focused on what we're doing, right? My kids know if I'm watching a football game or if I'm watching some type of movie, it doesn't really matter. My attention can just zone in and I'm just on that thought and I'm just stuck in that place, right? And sometimes as guys, we can kind of just be laser focused on whatever we're paying attention to until the task is complete or where our show's over or our football game's over or whatever it is. But here we need to be aware. And I think the right kind of man, as we look at Boaz, is that he was aware of Ruth's story. He was aware of what was going on in his community. He heard about this Moabite woman, Ruth, coming into town and, and sticking and helping out with Naomi. And he just saw that and was like, wow, that is really really wonderful that you're so dedicated to Naomi. And what does he say? He says, may the Lord repay you for what you've done. You've made some good choices in your life. You made some good decisions. And I, you know, may the Lord repay you for all these good things you've done for Naomi. So we as men need to have an awareness about us to really think about how somebody's going through things or things are difficult for somebody. I think that we can be effective as men more when we're aware. Now, sometimes I think that, to be honest with you, I think the reason why we don't want to look around us is because then we get involved. And that sometimes scares us because we don't want to be involved in a situation. We don't want to help somebody else out. 
But the right kind of man is aware of his surroundings. Jesus was aware of what was going on in the world. He looked at things and he saw people and he looked and had compassion on people. He saw the effort, he saw their faith. And I look at Boaz and I'm thinking, that just sounds familiar to me, that he would look and be aware of Ruth's situation, that he'd be concerned about Naomi and her situation. They had recognized what was happening in this situation. So many other people could have just took advantage of the situation, took advantage of her, but he was the right kind of man because he was aware of what was going on and he was honoring her because of her faithfulness to Naomi and her dedication. Ruth 3 verse 10, it says this, and and let me just bring us up to speed because I know we're kind of covering the story quickly But basically, she keeps going. Naomi encourages Ruth to keep going and gleaning from this field of Boaz. You must stay there, my daughter, you know, basically what she says to her, and keep doing the things that you're doing there because Boaz has taken favor to you and is gonna help you. And Boaz did. He was providing for her. He even told his workers, hey, leave out some extra for her and her effort so that she can have more to take back to Naomi and take care of them both. So the workers, as they were taking the, the harvest in, they were actually leaving little bundles. I just, what a, what a, this would be a great movie. I know there was one, but I, I would like to see a new one come and be created again because it's just a wonderful story of love, redemption. And so we see this play out that Boaz is taking care of her. He's aware of her condition, her situation. She's a foreigner in a foreign land to her, as he mentions in the last verse I read. So here we see the situation that Naomi is, is encouraging Ruth to say, hey, I want you to go do this thing now. I wanna make sure you're taken care of after I'm gone that you have somebody to provide for you. And she also mentions the fact that Boaz is what we call a kinsman redeemer, or in this translation it talks about guardian redeemer. And what that meant, and that was in Leviticus chapter 22, and what that talks about is that if if somebody has died or passed away that's from your clan, a relative, you have the ability to redeem that person's property. Now what that does, it preserves the names of those who have died so that they have a name listed still. They're not taken away from the roster, pretty much. They still have a legacy to talk about. And we'll find that out a little bit more. So Naomi encourages Ruth to do this thing. Harvest has been completed. There's like a little celebration that they do at the end of that. That was probably during this time. Boaz lays down after a meal and he's got, he's, he's just, his heart is full of gladness because of the harvest and how things have been going for him. And so he lays down to sleep along with other people that are there too. Well, Ruth encouraged, or Naomi encourages Ruth, I want you to go lay down or just put yourself at his feet. And when he's sleeping, go and lay down at his feet and uncover his feet. So, Boaz has no idea that she's there until in the middle of the night, he's startled by something, wakes up, turns, looks down, and sees Ruth at his feet. At first, he doesn't know who it is. He's, who is this? Who, who are you? 
And she says, I'm Ruth. And so he says, well, why are you here? And she, in a way, proposes to Boaz by saying, you're my kinsman redeemer. You're my guardian redeemer. And I've come to ask for you to redeem me. And so he says, I will do what you ask. And he covers her with his garment. She lays there, nothing bad happens. It's not a bad situation. It's all good. They're both honorable people. She leaves in the morning. He gives her something to give to Naomi as a kind of an endowment to say, hey, I, I will keep this, but there's one issue. And we'll talk about that more later too here is that the issue is, is that uh, there's one other person that could be the kinsman redeemer. There's one relative that is closer to Imelech than Boaz. But he says, hey, I'll do this. But if the other person wants to do this, by right, I'll let him do it. But if he doesn't, I will be that person. And I will redeem you. I will redeem your family. So here, bringing up, up to speed a little bit, in verse 10 in chapter three, it says this. The Lord bless you, my daughter. He replied, this kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You did not have, run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. Verse 11. And now, my daughter, do not be afraid. I will do for you what you ask. All the people of the town know that you are a woman of noble character. Again, he's aware. He recognizes that Ruth is somebody of value. He's not looking at where she's come from or that she's a Moabite. We could get into that more if you really want to uh, talk about there or look up what a Moabite is. I don't want to get off track. But it's interesting that he doesn't care about where she's come from. He sees who she is that she's a woman of noble character. And although it is true that I am a guardian redeemer of your family, there is one, another one who is more closely related than I. And so he goes on to tell her that if he doesn't do this, I will step up to the plate and do this. I will redeem. And so as we, we think about this, he is such a giver. And as I mentioned in that verse just right after that, he doesn't leave her empty-handed. When he sends her back to Naomi, he makes sure she has something to take with her to continue to say, hey, I'm here to provide for you guys. I'm here to help you through this situation. And as men, be honest with you, sometimes I think about myself way too much. The more effective I am as a man is when I'm really becoming a giver. When I give to the church, when I give to my family, when I give to others, when I help those that are in need, when I am effective as a man the most, it's when I'm more thinking about how to give rather than to receive. Sometimes us men, we battle that, right? We battle that as men. All of us really battle that at times, but I think for men, it's sometimes, it's not that we just, I mean, maybe it is, maybe we just wanted, want things for us, maybe, to be honest. But we struggle with that. But the more effective I am as a man, it's when I really give. When I really think about how to take care of other people. When I think about other people's interests and what they need rather than just my own. 
And so as we think about this today, as we think about being a giver, you know, how can I give? How can I you know, be watching out and, and just be aware of other people's needs and know about other people and then be able to help them through a, a situation to take care of them? Well, as the story continues in chapter four, it's interesting because Naomi says, he's not gonna rest until this is decided. So she tries to give some Ruth some encouragement and saying, hey, this, this is gonna be something that Boaz is gonna take care of. He's gonna, because I think, I think it goes back to Naomi knowing what kind of man Boaz was. And as we, we, we read this passage, I think it's really neat because Boaz could have done things shady. If you look at the book of Judges, there was a lot of people that were trying to do the right thing for God in their own mind but we're just totally off, off the right. They weren't really following God the right way. Well, I mean, like, look at Samson was classic case. He was, he was doing some things that were good for God and then other times they were like, is this the kind of leader that we wanna have in front of us? Uh, many different stories as you look through the book of Judges that we don't really look at the leaders as being really good leaders or good models. Here we situ- see a situation in the same time frame of the book of Judges, we see a a leader like Boaz who is known for what he does, how he lives his life. In verse nine it says, then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, today you are witnesses that I have brought from Naomi all the property of Imelech, Kilon, and Malon. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabite, Malon's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with, its, with his property, so that his name will not disappear from among his families or his hometown. Today you are witnesses. And so in this verse that we just shared and read here, it is an amazing thing to think about that, that Boaz brings all the, people's ta- the townspeople at the gate. So you go to the gate of the city where you'd walk out and go to the fields, and it was kind of the place of entry for the, play, the, the city or the village. And so he would be at the gates and he got some men together and say, hey, I gotta, I gotta make a decision here. I gotta, we gotta have a conversation. So he gathers these people and he meets with the person that's next in line. He meets with the, the real guardian or the, the redeemer. And he says, hey, there's this property of Imelex that Naomi has and Naomi wants to sell it are you gonna be the redeemer? You're next in line. And at first he's like, yeah, I'll take it, I'll take it. And he says, well, the other, the other part of this is that you have to marry Ruth, the Moabite, so that their names can still carry on. And so that their names will be in, in that part of where they will be passed on from the generations of Ruth. And he's like, oh, I can't do that. I, I, I don't want to have to split my property. I already have kids and I don't want that problem. I don't want to have to do that. And again, we don't know Boaz's situation. We, we don't know if he's already married or if he already has kids. It, it doesn't seem to appear that way. It's not stated in this book. What we do know is that Boaz was willing to step up to the plate and say, hey, I'll redeem it. And the other thing was is that he didn't care about his name. You see what's happening here. He even states this. He says this, that I will maintain the property 
so that their name, those who have passed on Emelech and his sons, their name will live on. Their name won't be wiped away. In other words, it's not gonna just be Boaz, it's gonna be all the descendants of the people that have passed on that I'm maintaining their property for them. So their name is not, will not disappear from among his family and from his hometown. Today, you're witnesses. What, what I, again, I go back to the time period of this. It makes me think of the time period that we live in today. It'd be so easy for us to do the wrong things as Christians because the culture does it. We even see sometimes, unfortunately, Christians not living the right way. It's easy for us to get a little discouraged by that, for us to be like, well, if they do things, why can't I? Why do I have to do everything the right way? If you, again, I go back to this situation, that if you look at the book of Judges, you will see people not doing the right things multiple times. There is a delusion and also a, a, just a, a destructive behavior of the people of Israel to go and do the other thing that they're not supposed to do. God says do this, they're not doing it or they're halfway doing it. They're not really being honorable men. But here we find a person in the Boaz who's saying I'm gonna do it the right way. I'm not gonna just shortcut it and just marry uh, without the townspeople knowing. I'm not gonna just shortcut it and just marry Ruth if I want her and just take her as my wife. I'm not gonna take advantage of Ruth because I think she's attractive. I'm gonna do things the right way. I'm gonna do it and even if I lose her, it's not about me. It's about her and Naomi being taken care of. I wanna be that kind of man. I wanna be that kind of man like Boaz that even despite my culture that I live in, even despite the situations I find myself in, that I wanna try my best to do that the right way. To be honorable, to be aware, to be a giver, to be a protector. The last thing here is forthright. To be forthright. Because here's the thing. A lot of times we live by our own wants and our own desires if we're honest about it. But if we wanna do things God's way, we have to do it the right way. And even if that puts things in jeopardy that we may desire or we may want, we've gotta trust God that if it's his will, he will work it out. We have to do the right thing and we have to be honest. We have to be trustworthy. We have to be willing to put ourselves out there in situations where we may look like, maybe sometimes even look like an idiot by the culture standards or look like a fool from the culture standpoint of why would you do this? Why are you taking on their property? Why are you, why are you ruining your name in some ways because you're, not, you're, not, you're passing the baton to somebody else? Why would you wanna do that? He trusted God and he said, no, I'm gonna do this because this is what God would want me to do. This is the honorable thing, this is the right way. It makes me think of another story. There's a story of an emperor who had no one to give his, his, you know, his chair to, his, 
his leadership to, to pass it on, a successor. He had no one to be his successor. Somewhere in the Far East, and it's a story, I don't know if it's true or not, but the idea of the story was that he would have all the children from all the land to come, and he gave them all a seed. And he says, a year from now, I want to see you to bring back your seed and see what kind of plant has come from your seed. And he sends them all away. And there was this little boy named Ling who took his seed, put it in a pot, planted it, watered it every day, took care of it, and nothing happened. And he was starting to get really depressed because all the other kids that he saw around him were starting to see things grow. And a year later, as they got approached, he was like, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go back to the emperor and go empty-handed because I have nothing to show. My seed never grew. It never took root. It never materialized. All the other kids had all these different plants, all these different things, and they brought to the emperor. His mother encouraged him, no, you go. Go ahead and show the emperor what you have. So he kind of wants to sit in the back. Everyone else is in front. He's just trying to hide and not be seen. And all the other kids come in and they have all these plants of different variety. Of different variety. And the emperor looks at them all and is kind of walking through and checking them all out and seeing what they have. And then all of a sudden he notices Ling in the very back and he tells his guards, go get Ling. Ling's all scared because he's like, uh-oh, uh-oh, the emperor knows I don't have anything. And so he brings, they bring Ling to the front. And he says, the emperor says, I want you to meet and I introduce to you the new emperor. Ling's like, what? And he tells everyone, you see, I gave everyone else, or everyone, seeds that were boiled. They were never supposed to grow. All of you have been dishonest. All of you have tried to trick me, tried to plant a seed of some other seed. But Ling here was honest. He brought back what I gave him. And this is why he is the emperor. If we had more people that could be forthright, honest, doing the right thing, it's easy to take shortcuts. It's easy to, to do what we want, to take advantage of situations, to think we're getting a good deal or we're advancing our own cause. But to really to be forthright, to be honest, to be sincere, to do things the right way is the kind of man God honors. God honors those who live a life that is forthright. So as we close here today, I just want to kind of cause us to ponder and think about some of these words. I know they're just words. The story, if you read the book of Ruth, I'd encourage you all to read the book of Ruth. If you have the Bible app, there's a, a plan in there under the events page uh, to go through a daily devotion that you can check out. But I just encourage you to look at the book of Ruth because there is so much more meaning than just looking at Boaz. 
to me, as we look at the book of Ruth, we see uh, what's going to happen in the future with Jesus. And it's also a story of, of Boaz and Ruth, and they have a son named Obed. And Obed is the father of Jesse, and Jesse is the father of David. This is how good God is. God can take a foreigner, a Moabite woman, and bring, graft her into the family tree of David, and not only David, but Jesus. But also, he really likes to take men who are faithful to him and honor them. What a privilege it is that Boaz in heaven can know his character and his way of living the right way fostered Jesus. Amazing. Amazing. See, God operates in ways that we do not always understand or we always, don't always perceive, but there it is. When God sees people doing the right thing, living the right way, it touches his heart. I truly believe that. He rejoices when we live a life that honors him. It isn't always easy. Sometimes it's difficult. But as we look at these words, I want to be a man of honor. I want to be a protector. I want to have an awareness about me that I look around and I see who I can help. And then I want to be a giver, someone that gives. Hopefully, in all my dealings, I can be forthright. I can be honest. I can be sincere. And you know what? We don't live for man to notice us. We live for God to notice us. We live that people will see God in us, see Jesus in us. So if you have a need today, I invite you to, to come or pray at your seat or pray online wherever you are. But know this, that God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. And he wants you to live your life in such a way that people take notice of you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day and for this time. I ask that you just watch over us all. Thank you for loving us and caring for us. Continue to help us. And I, I thank you for all the fathers and the dads that are here today. And as we continue to talk some of this next week in a different way, Lord, that you just just be with us to be the right kind of man. And I pray for all the ladies that are watching this too because there's so many things here too to look at, not just in Ruth, but looking at Boaz of how to live our lives, how to honor others ahead of ourselves, most importantly to honor you. So just help us today to be the right kind of person and that you'll give us the strength to let our light shine for you. In your wonderful name I pray, Jesus, amen.